This is something like that with me, Nav, and uh, a big hello to everybody out there. This is a show powered by gandang.com.my. If you haven't checked out their webpage yet, please go ahead for your entertainment dose. Uh, from the Malaysian music scene, uh, art scenes, entertainment, anything you want, just visit them. And also, hey, uh, somebody told me to do this every time I start the show. I, I rarely do this since the uh, very start of this particular show is that... Uh, I'm supposed to ask you guys to actually click on the like button, subscribe button, share button, do whatever you need to do. So it doesn't matter which platform you're watching or listening to. Uh, just do that. Like, subscribe, follow, like, do the, the usual shit. Like, try to do that as much as possible. So at least I know that you are there listening to this whole podcast. Anyway, hey, uh, a couple of weeks, a uh, couple of episodes we've been having, let's say, musicians, we've been having comedians, uh, we've been having DJs. But uh, today's show, I got an old friend of mine, a very old friend, known him for quite a while. He, I don't know how to start this, how do I actually introduce him? Because he's a man who wears many hats. He's, he's a director, he's an editor, he's an actor, he's a musician, he's a podcaster, he's a sound this, sound that. You know, you know, the whole list, like, yes, a pretty, 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 pretty long list of jobs that he does or he's been doing, which means technically he, if he walks into a room, 10 guys would just lose their jobs, man. So I'm talking about Kai, Kyril Baha, Kyril M. Baha, better known as uh, Kai among our friends, until some new singer came and ruined that <laughs> name, Kai. <laughs> hey, man, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, dude? It's good, man. True, right? It's like that, that that one guy came and fucked it all up for everybody, dude. dude I've been having it since freaking what was it? The first one was Kai AF in oh, Academy Fantasia Two. I actually got SMSs from random girls asking <laughs> if I was Kai AF, and oh. yeah, thankfully at that age, even though I was age appropriate, I wasn't that desperate that I was gonna <laughs> pretend that I was gonna be that dude. And no, uh, but you... this new Kai Baha is pretty big, like yeah. <laughs> well, on on the bright side, you can actually just tell everybody that yeah, Kai's in this next movie of mine. Kai's the <laughs> one who did this movie, and everybody goes to watch it just for that. But it is it is true. It's like when I, I said Kai's coming on the show, I had messages going in. You mean you're getting the singer on board? I said what singer? I didn't know. I seriously, I'm not following that the so-called that side of the uh, scene. But then I said Kai. I know Kai has a band, but was it that big? I mean, for I mean for that amount of people to know him that way. But I said, no, 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 this is the different guys. Like, okay, that dude actually stole your name. And you should sue him or just walk around with the T-shirt, which I am not that guy. <laughs> I have thought about it many times. And then I'm like, I'd just be like one of those internet trolls that I get annoyed by. Yeah. So I've tried to refrain from calling him out. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just looking forward for the day where you wear a T-shirt that says, he stole my name and stand behind, beside that actually, the other guy, man. <laughs> You know, Astro oh. once tagged uh, tagged him with my profile. Really? On well, Facebook. That was a good thing, anyway. <laughs> in one way, like in one way. It's good to see you, man. You know, just it I just realized. Really good to see you. I just realized something. We've known each other for a very, very long time, but somehow yes. it's like a ritual that we only see each other every five to seven years once. Kind. Yeah. yeah, isn't it funny, isn't it? I was just like, okay, fine, Kai, I haven't seen him. Then I started looking back, it's like, shit, man. I haven't seen him in a very long time, dude. <laughs> Whereabouts do you hang out then? That our paths don't I... cross, you know? I know, like... I'm just trying to figure out. We, we are pretty much in the same, kind of the same industry, but we don't really yeah. see each other much in any way. Yeah? Hopefully, yeah, hopefully like... it changes next year, man. I feel like I've only seen you in, rate, in DJ booths. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hardly go out anyway, man. I hardly go out. But then again, like you, you, for instance, we only have this chat, uh, yeah, only only online. Whenever it comes to interview, that's where we bump into each other, man. Yep, and catch up with for the past like five, seven years. Yeah, and then we wait again for the next another five, seven years. But I think we're reaching an age where we don't need to wait that long. I can say that for hopefully. sure. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, dude, I know, I know it's usually the ritual for most shows or interviews or something like that to have some chit-chat first and then towards the end to talk about the movie, but I, I can't wait. I just watched it this moment. I just can't wait. So I'm just going to change the entire format and bring it to the very start by st saying that, dude, that was a freaking awesome movie. Kick Thank flip. You. Thank is, you so much. Dude, I, I couldn't wait. My wife would have 
my wife was looking at me feeling excited i couldn't sleep i was just jumping around i was just waiting for this 9 30 moment usually i have my naps in the afternoon but i said no i just can't wait to chat with this fucking man it's just that i would say personally for me like i said off air i'm not exaggerating i'm not saying this because you're my friend i'm not saying it because of this show this has to be the best movie i've watched for 2020 man i i don't know how to react to that except to say thank you dude that's crazy it's i i didn't expect it i seriously didn't expect it because let, let's face it i'll be very honest with you the moment you say something about independent or some short films you have a different perception altogether but the storyline for this particular movie some or other had a, an emotional connection you know it's like I've, i was just watching looking at the screen it's like Shit, is he, did he take about my life? Something about my life? <laughs> Minus the skateboarding and stuff like that? And I, and I bet you at least about 8 out of 10 people would have experienced something like this in their lives, man. You know, if you're not a, not the skateboarding partner, skateboarding in million miles away, man. I think, I think that's why the subject matter, like, really spoke to me. Because, you know, it's pretty obvious just looking at it that it's a part of my life, you know? Um and during that period, like the character, it was, you know, like I think people within people that are trying to do the stuff that we do, or within the circle of friends we have, are trying to do just trying to do something, you know. Um, I think it's a movie that you can relate to because, like, we're just beset with failure and rejection, nonstop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, as you get older as well, you start having to question, like, am I just, am I still being a kid and playing around do i need to grow up as it was so like these were all the themes that i kind of wanted to explore with this film yeah, and it's that, that wasn't kind of touching it, people's nerves though <laughs> yeah no but, but that wasn't only it is also the things that I, I the way i looked at it it was also about uh, sacrificing your passion something that you mm. live at for responsibility and then you got to have the equal balance in both of it passion responsibility how do you bring it together you know those little things like the fun that you want to have in life but you can't actually do it you know those kind of details and businesses or maybe jobs that you want to do you just can't you have to force yourself to head on to work but before i get I, I'm, I'm sounding too excited right here man i'm do excuse me okay i gotta hold back a little bit but please please for the benefit of our listeners or viewers uh, in a nutshell what's this movie all about tell them i i would just end up blabbering all about it so i'm gonna try to shut up for a second so please tell them about it man I mean, like, I jokingly refer to it as the uh, midlife crisis skateboarding movie, you know? Uh, <laughs> it, that kind of encapsulates it quite well. Um, the movie is about um, a middle-aged married man um, with a wife who's newly pregnant and a dream business that's failed, having to start again working in the type of job that he doesn't like because he has to be responsible. And at some point in the movie, he rediscovers a passion of his from when he was younger, which was skateboarding. Excuse my cat. Move, gimme. Oh boy. This is what it's like living with cats <laughs> during lockdown. There you go. And by um, you know, rediscovering that passion for that activity, he rediscovers like what why he was trying to, you know, start this dream business in the first place, what his passions were, what he loves to do, you know. Um, and it's pulled a lot from my own personal experience um, because, yeah, like the, the footage in the opening credits, that's all home videos of mine, you know. I'm surprised uh, you have it. Yeah. I'm a I'm a weird archivist that way. <laughs> like um, during lockdown, I was just pulling out the VCRs and just like, okay, let's transfer these tapes. Let's see what we can find, and just finding all these things. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was so much a difference. It's like I brought back memories of the first time I met you, man. It's like, hey, wait, this is this is when I first met him, man. This is how he looked like. This you is know, how skinny he was, was. What happened? Oh, that I mean, that's a bit sensitive for me, man. I know that. Really <laughs> No, but the thing is, you wrote this movie, right? You wrote this mm -hmm. movie, every de details in it. You directed it, and of course, the the best part of all, it was in it was shot in black and white. Yes, I'm not complaining. I just love it. I love the whole idea. But uh, just curious, why? Um, a couple of reasons. Um, I mean, the first was like it fit the story because 
what do you call it? At the same time, like I was getting into skateboarding, like the character, I was also getting back into old film photography. And the first type of film you learn to process by yourself is black and white film. Okay. You know? And that was the background behind that. So I wanted every scene, every shot to look like a picture. You know, that's why the, the it's not a 16 by 9 frame. It's not widescreen and it's not the old square TV frame. Um, if you measured it, it's the same size as your 4R photos that you'd get developed back in the day. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're playing with a just even by the size of the frame. When it goes to a video camera, it goes into a square one. When it gets to the end credits, it becomes long again. You know, um, things like that. So that was one. And two, because I was getting back into film photography um, and black and white film photography, of course, I started looking at black and white films a lot more. Um, and it's a completely different aesthetic. And it's a beautiful aesthetic. Um, you know, so... and. It's weird because at the same time, because it was black and white, that was a handicap for us when we went to try and sell the film, you know? Okay. Like we'd have more than once, I'd, I'd see the complete, uh, what do you call it, change in reaction as I'm describing the movie and I say, oh, it's a black and white film. I'm like, black and white, <laughs> you know? Like automatically, it doesn't matter what the story is. Fuck, I can't sell black and white. You know what I mean? Um, and which is still weird to me because you see a lot of legit filmmakers to this day still, you know, shooting black and white. David Finch's new movie on Netflix is in black and white. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of the ones and I could recall personally was Schindler's List. Uh, Schindler's like, List. There you yeah. go. And it's, you know, like, come on, everyone on Instagram plays with black and white. Like, it's not a weird thing, but there is that stigma on it. Um, so... And that's the thing, like, I wanted to make sure that I didn't pussy out on the black and white. So we shot it black and white in the camera. You know? So we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't shot in color and then we turned it black and white. No, we had the settings in the camera so that everything that was recorded was recorded in black and white. So no you know? excuses so, of changing it later on. Yes. At no point would you go like, you know what? The distributor says if it was in color, we'd be able to get distributions. We'll change it to color. It's like, nope, it was shot in black and white. <laughs> Fuck you. You oh, know? Man. So it's kind oh. of also a mission statement as well, because this movie, I'll, I'll be honest, when I was writing it and thinking about making it, this was the, you know what, fuck it, let's try and do something of my own once again, uh, in a personal story. And if nobody likes it, that maybe that's the sign that I need to quit the game. You know what I mean? Oh, come on, man. I, yeah, I honestly, honestly, like that was the thought process at the time. So even shooting in black and white was one of those you know, like, fuck you, this is what I want to do, statements. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is a good um, one. Which is a good one, I would admit yeah. it. Of course, <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't deny the fact that I was actually, because the thing is, we're so customized watching movies as such, which starts off with black and white, then halfway through it turns into color, you know, those mm. kind of things going on. But in this case, the only color that I saw was the bits and pieces of photos, which is about a one second or two second thingy. Mm. You know, that's the only thing that you can actually see. But no complaints. I kind of love it because I was just curious to know until the very end, is it going to be black and white all the way? You know, because I had no expectations whatsoever when I watched the movie. It's just like, mm. let's sit down, let's click play and just watch the whole thing. And dialogues. Who wrote the script, man? Me. You wrote the script also. Every yes. single word that came out of it. Because why I'm asking you this is because I love the details, the little, little details of things that you say, you know, like, uh, like for example, like, uh, oh man, it's not coming to my head right now. It's like uh, during the, I don't want to give away too much of the movie. I want them to watch the whole thing. Like, you know, you're watching the movie. Uh, there's one part, you and Ash uh, were having something and Ash was complimenting you. Then all of a sudden, Emily walks in and said, don't suck his cock or something. Ah, you yes. Know, those, you know, you know <laughs> those, those things were natural. And a lot of things, even your conversation with your wife in the movie, uh, which is awesome. I just, I know, I just have it at the tip of my tongue right now, but just I don't want to give it away. I just want people to actually pay close attention to every single word that comes out. <laughs> and this, the scenes that came in, Amelia, okay, Amelia did a fantastic job because there was a part in, I felt like I just want to choke her when she played the role <laughs> yeah. of that boss. I seriously wanted to choke her. It's like, I know this, I know this kind of woman, man. I've been there. I've experienced this kind of woman before. It's like, you know, you just want to kill her, but she did an amazing job. Not as not 
not I'm not I'm not going to kill Amelia, but the character itself, <laughs> she was amazing. That super bitchy boss. Oh man, a little flashback for me uh, about twenty years ago when I was in the office side, man. Oh, but I must man. say, but I must say, it's like every single thing. The scenes that came in in the movie is like it's very. Uh, relatable for many people. Like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be necessarily on skateboard. There's a lot of things, even people in my field, uh, some of us had to sacrifice DJing in order for us to get a proper job, you know, oh, yeah. a proper day job. You know, we had to give up those kind of life. But then again, we wanted to have it on the other side also at the same time. So the whole movie, every single detail of it, uh, the betrayal part of it, friends betraying you in businesses, oh man, it was... But this is listening in right now. Please, please watch that movie immediately. Don't really <laughs> tell you the whole thing. But uh, well, I'm just gonna um, I'm just gonna pop in one quick question from Wang right now. Uh, JX okay. Production. Um, experimenting with safety or just do it mentality. Which is more of you? More me. Yeah. Uh, do it. Just do it. Like, but just do it. But here's the thing, like. You know, like some people say, like, you know, don't think, just do it. Other people say, like, you know, really think shit through. Um, and to me, like, both have merit. My my impulse response is to say, just do it. But, you know, cover your bases. You know what I mean? Either cover your bases or be prepared right now. Like, if this all goes wrong, be prepared to accept that. You know? Okay. Like, it's it's... What do you call it? Like a lot of the stuff that I've done, um, the indie stuff, they were all like kind of a just do it punk rock attitude um, and not knowing whether I can pull it off, you know, but by committing to it, right, by saying, okay, you know what, we're, we're going to do this. Like I'm kind of forced to have to learn how to do it, you know, like it was all the way back to like my first movie, um, the first album with Y2K. I'd never recorded a full album before, you know, um, by my, like things like that. Like it's just do it and then, but be prepared to actually do it. You know, there's a lot of people that say, just do it and don't mention the repercussions. The repercussions could be fucking horrendous. You know, you just, it's the same with, uh, it's the same um, way with how I think about if I'm going to post online, you know, okay. if I want to say something, I'm going to say it. But I also have to be 100% confident if someone calls me out on it, if someone thinks it's wrong, if someone thinks this, if whatever bullshit that could happen online, I have to be prepared for that, you know? So yeah, just do it, but you know, don't think that things won't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> be prepared for it, like, just be prepared yeah. for it. Well, I'm just gonna add on to another comment. As being indie, it's still about safety, but making sure it works. But the thing is this, uh, you gotta excuse me, it's like, I. I do not know much about the technicalities of movies. Yes, I'm a guy who loves movies. I just love watching any genres. You know, as long as it entertains me, I just like to watch the entire, I mean, dialogues, how it's all, it's all taken. But the term indie, right, um, to be more specific right now, these days, it's a bit confusing for me because, you know, you want to talk about big budget movies and then indie movies, you want to do a comparison. A lot of indie movies have actually come out so well. You know, it's like, Huge! It, it has made it has made big names. Like like say you're going back a little bit, uh, Pulp Fiction, Whiplash. Mm -hmm. Then you, even the late the reason one, 2019 Parasite. Yes. Parasite was actually an indie movie, right? But there's a thing like um, like like you said, indie can be confusing because technically indie means independent film, so it wasn't made by any studio. Please excuse my cat jumping on the wall there. No worries. Uh, <laughs> part um, of the show. There you go. So, yes, while something like Pulp Fiction is an indie film, so is Die Hard 3. Die Hard 3 wasn't financed by the studio. Oh, Ninja Turtles, the first Ninja, the first Ninja Turtles movie, the 1989 Turtles movie, is an indie film by an indie studio. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You know, okay. so, like, there's always, like, some weird thought, like, oh, indie, that must mean it's cheap. Not necessarily. You know, yeah. or indie, that must mean it's artsy. Not necessarily. You know, okay. indie just means that you know, studio bigwigs had nothing to do with the making of the film. Okay. Yeah. So even, even in terms, how about the budget part of it? Because I read it somewhere that in an average, if we, I'm talking about the outside of Malaysia, the US or in most parts of the world, they say the average is about, say, 750K per movie. 
you know, that is considered small budget, you know, details as such. Is the budget, does the budget fall into the word indie? Now, uh, is it linked? No, because, or? I mean, technically no, because if Warner Brothers gave you a million to make mm -hmm. a film, that's a studio film. It's a cheap studio film, but it's a studio film. You see what I mean? And and the sh the movies like that is being produced down here because they're like like my intro stated that uh, uh, one of the movies that only cost about ten k but it made big names out big name out there, yeah. right? So does the money really matter for an indie movie itself? Like it depends on what you want out of it. I mean that's the big thing, you know, because um, look as a company it would be incredibly irresponsible to make a film not expecting profit. Like that's True. just a fact, right? But then you will also have some companies that know that and they're doing it because they are building up, you know, their portfolio, which is a valid, you know, investment. Um, and for like people like me, it's here's the thing: like I do the, I do the day-to-day -day stuff that gets me paid, so that I have the freedom to do this. You okay. see what I'm saying? Like, um, I, I never understood when. Uh, I'd meet first-time filmmakers who have this huge idea, right? And they're obviously very talented, but they don't have the back, you know, they don't have the portfolio to support investing millions of dollars into a film, right? And they're wondering why no one's going to invest those millions of dollars. And the fact is very simple, you know, um, you're untested. Even okay. when you have got experience, like I had, you know, up like Kickflip is my fifth feature film. Right. But you don't see me making a lot of big budget movies. And that's not by choice. I would love to make movies with a budget. You know what I mean? But I'd you, like you to did. be able to feed people. <laughs> but you did Showdown, right? Mm -hmm. Was it a big budget? For me, yeah. It was um, the biggest budget I've ever had. It was the first time working with a studio. Um, and I'm just very proud of the film, like, honestly. Uh, you know, but at the same time, it's weird because Showdown was the um, when Showdown was being released was about to be released, and my whole you know uh, viewpoint of going into Showdown was okay. After making all these indie films and short films and ads and whatever, trying to get my name noticed, finally got an opportunity to do a studio film, right? And that will open up the doors to other studio films, TV shows, whatever. And maybe I'll finally be accepted by the mainstream. Um, and the movie came out and then it left. You know, it wasn't a huge success. It wasn't a huge failure. It existed, right? Like movies, like most movies usually do. And I can honestly say it's done nothing for my career. Uh, really? I mean, that's not me disparaging it. That's just a fact. Like Showdown hasn't opened any doors, you know? I don't know if it's closed any doors, but it's you know it hasn't opened any <laughs> no, but, doors. But do you think is like is there a chance of uh, the whole industry a monopoly in the industry of where uh, the, the key players are the only ones getting the opportunity, like people in the indie scenes, like as yourself to penetrate into the mainstream itself of studio, uh, studio uh, produced movies? Is that is there any possibilities of that? A I mean, maybe, like maybe a bit. I mean. At the end of the day, business is business. And I totally understand that. I have no issue with that. But also, I don't think that it's, I don't think that's the root cause. You know, um, at the end of the day, money talks. Okay. Like if you're an indie filmmaker, but your last film grossed a lot of money, people notice. And that's just a fact, you know. Um, <laughs> what I've noticed is that critics notice my movie. Uh, but um the box office, not so much. But even then, it's understandable because my movies don't get released huge. You know what I mean? And they don't get promoted in a huge way. So, like, that first movie of mine, Cheap Lot, which cost 10000 like, you go on an average day to the cinema, there's probably five people, maybe three. And two of them came into the wrong cinema. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not even a joke. That happened a lot of times because it came out the same year as uh, Aflin Shauki's Bayet Punyachilo. So okay. they'd get the two movie titles confused and they'd be in there oh, like, oh man, oh, this isn't what I paid for. Fuck this. And leave. I was oh, like, okay, man. fair enough.
No, but the thing you is, know? like, even even movies, like, uh, like I said, maybe the, the the brand itself, like, you know, when sometimes uh, when you read in in articles about a certain movies that come out, they always have this thing of labeling it as immediately labeling it as indie movie instead of just mentioning it as a movie itself. So the perception that people have the moment you say indie movie. They have this thing. Okay, it's going to be a low-budget movie, and it's going to be the storyline is pretty much going to be like this. You know the mm. perception that people have during the promotion itself. Do you think that well, is also a contributing factor to that? Uh, I mean, to an extent, but at the same time, like those type of movies must have existed for people to have that perception. Um, as as for like you know labeling a film an indie film, you know, or making the you know like labeling it as that is to me lazy you know what i mean um because you know that it's going to create a perception uh so i don't know you know like yeah there are there are perceptions i mean even when i was starting up i had perceptions of local indie film you know okay uh it can't be helped but you know i don't think that's a major deterrent like at the end of the day when it comes to films um and independent films in particular it's all about whether you can get people to know that the film is out. People that would want to watch the movie know that the film is out. Um, and in the regular, if like, if Corona wasn't here right now, um, what do you call it? Like trying to promote a small movie like Kickflip is very, very difficult. You know, sure. when you have, think about it, this year Wonder Woman was supposed to come out and all these other huge films, Tenet, was you know like supposed to be the hugest film of the year um james bond's supposed to come out this year right <laughs> would have been a nightmare and, for most of you guys man exactly so then you, you you're sitting there like um if, if you're done with bond we have this small black and white skateboarding <laughs> movie by people you don't know <laughs> uh, that, that's gonna be tough man but that's but the thing is this, uh, you, the good thing about this particular movie, Kickflip, uh, the streaming platform, Mubi, right? Hmm. Okay, uh, for the benefit of our listeners right now, I am not paid by Mubi, neither is this whole show <laughs> sponsored by Mubi. Uh, this whole show is run by uh, sunshine, rainbows, fresh air, and a can of coffee. <laughs> nothing else, nothing more than that. But uh, Mubi, I, I must say, Mubi is one of the uh, interesting platforms because... Uh, the whole idea of it, instead of people like you know wanting to go to the cinemas and so on, at least now they have an option of because you just go online, you just pay for it. It's only about five bucks or seven mm. bucks, depends how you want to subscribe to the whole thing, uh, and you just get to choose your movie on the spot. And uh, this way, you can actually market it nationwide, online or worldwide, right? Yeah, which is I much mean, better than I don't know. For for me, I don't know. I look at it as uh, much better than cinemas itself. It's okay. Uh, that's that's another point, but uh, like we'll just get on movie the platform first. Like to me, it's an interesting platform, and I'm honestly like quite happy that it's the platform that it, this movie's starting out on because it is obviously a site designed for people who are interested in film. You know, like Netflix is, and I love Netflix, but Netflix is a site for people who want entertainment. Okay, you know, of varying genres, of varying, you know. And whilst movie has, you know, some of the more fun mainstream stuff, it is very obviously, you know, about film and movies and curated films. It's not necessarily the most biggest box office film. You probably may not have heard of a bunch of the films on movie, you know? So I, I first found out about that site last year. So it was always like in the back of my head, like, can we get this movie on movie? So yeah, I'm I'm quite happy that it's uh, on there right now. As for um, cinemas, like I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, there is a there is there is something really nice about the communal feeling of watching a film. You know, there are certain films where the experience I had in the cinema is a hundred times better than watching it at home. You know, like a movie could be a hundred times funnier in a cinema just because you're all there together or like something like gravity. Gravity on a laptop sucks. Okay. Yeah. That's true. The reason gravity, why I didn't watch the movie again because of that. There you go. Gravity. Like I saw it in IMAX. So after that, I'm like, how am I going to watch this on a TV? That's impossible. 
<laughs> you know, it has we, to be experienced just, this big. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I know, I know that feeling. I, I get what you mean, the whole thing. But it, what way? The reason why I'm saying this is because uh, we also know that when it comes to independent movies, or uh, rather, indie movies, the, the screens, the amount of screens you get, hmm. is not exactly as much as what you would expect, right? In uh, in comparison with the big budget movies, is it true? Oh yeah, I don't think I've gone over twenty screens. Yeah, so except for is, showdown, yeah. Okay, like it's but, definitely been like you know three to eight maybe 15 i can't remember the exact figures around there yeah because that's this is the reason why i'm asking because uh, earlier yeah. we we're talking about making a movie and getting it out to people and also you want to look at making money out of it hmm. you want to make some profit out of it so if you're going to have difficulties getting it from the big screen uh platforms as such like movies and so on like for example netflix it could help out right oh definitely i mean Having my movie on streaming has been a blessing in the sense that, you know, for the local, uh, like if Kickflip just by itself was, you know, going through the process of going in the cinema, right? It wouldn't be the same version you saw, you know, that, just as a fact. The, um, and a lot of it would be because of language, you know, some words be censored. Some scenes would be censored, even though the woman playing my wife is my real wife. <laughs> Yeah, I could you know, but still, they might have some oh, no. I, issues. That, that was my first reaction. If this was in the cinema, <gasps> he kissed. Right? Oh, no. That's it. Yeah, I kissed ah. my wife. Oh, no. Yes. Ban. Ban <laughs> movie throws. Ban. <laughs> like, what about the bit when he said fuck before that? Fuck that. Yeah. He kissed his wife. Ban. Ban the movie. <laughs> ban the movie. No way. It's not going to be shown. But that's, that's another funny thing. It's like uh, making movies, the restrictions that you have uh, for local producers and um, mm. uh, movie producers, the censorship level that you have for the, these movies, isn't it like kind of like obstructing or just like limiting your creativity on uh, releasing it out there? You know, like, okay, let's face it. Some of the movies that you get from Hollywood as you seriously have doubts on how did this movie actually made it to the cinema man without being censored <laughs> this much. And then, but when it comes to the local movies, you can't say this, you can't do that, you can't play this, you can't play yeah. that. It's like the, the, the limitations you have is extremely high, right? Okay, here's the thing. I accept limitations. You know, as an indie filmmaker, you are already limited, right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with limitations. Limitations are a good thing. Limitations are the mother of creativity. But the problem with our censorship in Malaysia, the limitations are not set a standard. You know? Okay. Like the year you could the year you're making the movie, that content could be okay. The next year, it could be something that requires censorship. Oh. You see what I mean? Like I'll give you an example. Um, in America. Uh, you know, we all want to think like America, oh, they were like just so open with films. No, they were very prudent. Um, in the, if I remember my film history correctly, around the 30s, 40s, probably more around the 40s, because of all these gangster films and scenes of violence and stuff like that and suggested sexuality, uh, the censorship board became really stringent, right? And what that does is make filmmakers go, okay, well, if I want to tell this story, how do I tell it? You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. what you have there is a list of rules that they've set in stone, right? And if you can prove that you haven't broken that rule, then it's okay. You know what I mean? Unless like it becomes to the point where you have to add amendments. But okay. there is a rule, they stick to it, and if you can get around that rule, then good for you. You know? In Malaysia, those rules are written, but they're not set in stone. What they say is not okay today could be okay tomorrow. What they say is not uh, okay today could not be okay tomorrow. And that is the inherent problem. So when you're trying to create something and you don't know what the limitations are, where the, where the borders are, you end up just making the borders yourselves and they become really, really narrow. Just to you play know? it safe, like just in case. Just to, just to make sure that no one bans your film. Uh, right okay. and that that becomes the problem you know when you're like can we show this can we not show this you know what to be safe let's not show this can we talk about this can we not talk about that okay to be safe let's not talk about that and that to me is the inherent problem unless let's say a film comes out 
where it does get passed with that type of content. So now you have precedent and you mm -hmm. see it happen a lot. Like uh, Rump It came out around the same okay. time as my first movie, Chipla. And I was surprised just by the trailer at how much was allowed through, you know? And they got through on a technicality, but what happened after that, a whole bunch of racing films, right? Okay. KL Drifts, KL Manjarit, Bosia Jangan Ambit Jalan Hitam, whatever the hell that movie is called, <laughs> you know? Um, the same with horror, like Jangan Pandang Belakang and Munafik become blockbusters, and suddenly the horror rules are kind of like brought back down, you know, because okay. the, the censorship rules on horror are very specific. And over the past 10 years, I've seen like, I don't think anyone's following these damn rules. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, get it, man. so everyone like, oh, until that barrier gets opened up a bit. So they push it a little bit more, push it a little bit more, push it a little bit more. And then someone gets banned. Okay, we'll start back here again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that explains a lot. Okay, that explains a whole lot of things. Uh, based on whatever we've been watching lately in cinemas <laughs> and also on TV. That explains it a lot, man. Because I've always wondered this, like, why the dialogues are such, man? Why is the shots are like like that? It's like, come on, man. Is this annoying? Like, Hence the reason remember why back in the 90s um, when suddenly the government said, no, everyone has to speak Baku on TV? Yeah. Yes. Do you hear yes. everyone speaking Baku now? No. It, it just changes. It just disappears. It's... It's like a phase. It goes on yeah. for a while and then that's it. It goes missing. Yeah. Then. But for a couple why. of years, we were stuck with people berchakap saparti ini. You know how much of job, you know how much of jobs <laughs> I'd lost because of that? Because like, they made you DJs do that too, didn't you? Yeah. I, I just had a VO job recently, uh, two days ago. It's like, dude, you still have... Surprisingly, they brought it back uh, for certain things. It's like, dude, uh, you need to do this. Uh, please read it in Basibaku. It's like, what the fuck? How the hell am I going to do it again? I can't remember <laughs> how the whole thing works, man. But okay, I did it somehow. Somehow I just managed to do it, but God knows the amount of corrections, the retakes I had to do just for that. Ah, oh, man. But that's the reason why I said even these dialogues and the uh, things like without that censorship required, uh, Kickflip had it all. It's like every details, every conversation that took place in that was so, so real. You know, the whole whole thing, which I loved it so much, man. I was just like, okay, fine. Something I felt like I was in the movie itself. So amazing, dude. Amazing. So, Thank for those, you so much. if you haven't checked it out yet, please head on to uh, movie.com. You can get it from there. It's movie as in M U B I, right? Yes. Not M O V I. It's M U B I.com. It's an amazing movie. Um, I, one of the scenes that one of my favorite scenes, I, one of it, sorry, there's so many favorite scenes, was uh, when you, uh, Johan, wife, Liz, Liza, right? Liza, Liza, Liza. Liza, the friend? Yeah. Yeah, the friend. Okay, that scene is something that personally I've experienced it many times. There's always that one asshole who comes and talks like that. <laughs> 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 you know? You've got to watch it. Trust me, for those who don't know what am I talking about, watch the movie and you know what I mean, man. I can bet you eight out of ten people who watch this movie would just go back and say, yes, I've lived it, I've experienced this, I've met <laughs> these kind of assholes, and this is how the life is all about. And even towards the ending, the, the closing of the whole movie was uh, fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm just trying not to give away much of the movie. Please, please, stop me, <laughs> stop me as much as I can. This, I mean, is there, like... It's not like there's a big twist or anything. I, yeah, is there an issue if you spoil it? <laughs> yeah, no. I, I just, I don't know. I just want people to watch it to know it for themselves, man. Because, like I said earlier, there's an emotional connection to this uh, particular movie. That's that's the main thing. It's like how people want to uh, translate it for to connect with them is a different thing. Some people might have done, I don't know, uh, being a mechanic, race car driver. Some of them DJing. Uh, maybe some of them being a painter or something like that, giving up, sacrificing certain things. Uh, everybody could connect to the movie. I could daringly say that. Like I said, at least about 70% of people could actually connect to this particular movie. Hence the reason why I find it to be my favorite movie for 2020, man. As that's, I have you. to admit it, man. And uh, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, also, you sang in that movie also, right? Yeah, uh, the opening and closing track. So, speaking and, of singing, um, how's Kaimano doing? The band, <laughs> the band, Kaimano, man. It's been a bit quiet. It has been very quiet, actually. Um, and it's also been tough to record here. Uh, what do you call it? Um, MCO has made all my neighbors stay at home in the day. So <laughs> there's a lot of neighborhood noise. Uh, but yeah. No, but um, so that opening and closing track, that's um, the opening is the original demo for that song that I wrote and recorded in 90, 
nine no two thousand um on a on a laptop with two hundred and fifty six megabyte ram kids no, how'd you like yeah. that? You saw that you saw that no excuses no excuses um, whatsoever Ben. yeah so then the end credits i re-recorded that song um yeah. more than 20 years later and then most of the score as well i did with a few tracks from some friends of mine yeah with the schedule that you have right now is like kaimano going back again i mean performing in gigs and all is it coming up soon anything next year perhaps once everything is okay not sure yet because i'm basically um I'm trying to write some new stuff and record some new stuff. And um, I mean, I've been messing around just a lot with how I record. Um, so I don't know if it'll be, you know, Kaimano as a three piece or, you know, if it'll be just me or like a bigger band. I have no idea, you know, because um, I'm still just messing around with stuff. And especially like nowadays, I'm just like, because before it was always a three piece and a certain sound and dynamic um and of course people get older and don't have as much time to jam with each other stuff like that um and so yeah because i mean as you would know you see me in a bunch of different bands you know i've got a ton of different influences yeah. so yeah i'm trying to i'm just trying out some stuff so i'll be on my guitar at one one minute and then i'll be on like a, an mpc on the next hitting the 16 pads i'll be on the keyboards and yeah just trying stuff out so we'll see if anything comes out it'll come out next year i'm definitely looking forward for that man it's like <laughs> like i said earlier every time we meet it's like a different form a different version of kai that i see man versus the previous with y2k that he was kai mano what's next god knows man god knows and of course uh, one of the things that of course uh, i enjoy most about you is the uh, podcast that you have called uh geek in Mala geeks in malaysia where together thank with you and also nick dorian um, I must say, you guys are pretty much the uh, pioneers of podcasting in Malaysia, man. No, la. Hey, come on. Seriously, <laughs> I, I heard the word podcast from you. And this was many, <laughs> many years ago. Okay, This was many, many years ago when uh, nobody knew what it was podcasting was all about. Until I was, I, I just learned the whole thing from you, actually. It's like I you mean, said, even, hey, <laughs> even for us, like, um, I mean, before that, like, I was really into podcasts podcast because of uh, Kevin Smith because I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan and when I discovered like he has this whole other career podcasting I'm like okay and suddenly there was hours of content um, by this guy that I never knew existed and I was thought it'd be a cool idea but I didn't know whether it would work um, and actually a podcast that came before us um, probably Malaysia's first geek podcast um, McYap and Fries Gavin Yap and Ian McNally's podcast that had been around before so and because I was getting to know Gavin Yap at the time, I was like, wait, people are already podcasting? Okay, this is yeah. possible. So, and I had mics at home. So I think one day I asked Amelia whether she wanted to do a podcast just for um, like uh, this thing called uh, Wham that my friend Michael, the guy playing the douchebag in the dinner scene, uh, oh, okay. he started this site back in the day to try and promote you know, local content. And we thought to do a podcast on that. And then it became... When that ended, we like thought, okay, let's just do a podcast on the stuff we like, and it's been fun. It's been tons of fun, um, yeah, I can, even I though can see I that, miss man. meeting them physically to record a podcast. Doing it like this has been a bit trying at times. I know it, it is a tough thing. It's like even like I said, when uh, I, a lot of things that I do right now is like even on my podcast, I use you hmm. as an inspiration or rather as a benchmark on things that goes on. It's like even the setup is like you, you want to know you see that the, the, the tv down there i just got uh -huh. it ready just because i was having a chat with you and i just want to make sure everything <laughs> is right how the, everything works you know i knew one fine day i'm gonna have a chat with you so i gotta make everything right dude i just gotta make everything right because you you have been doing it for a while and the best part is you know about setup you know about lightings and the whole works and i here i am with the 30 ringgit cheap light and the stupid tv in the back dude. of me that's that's the best I could go for. It's like I gotta it keep up, totally step works. up my game, <laughs> <laughs> just because of you guys and knowing the audio quality of it and uh, how the whole podcast thing works. I have to admit it. I have used your show as a benchmark uh, on how the whole thing runs and even the conversation oh. that goes on on your show. It's amazing. Really, just... sometimes some of the recordings are god awful, and I made those recordings. <laughs> I, but dude, com in comparison to whatever I do, it's like, hey, I still <laughs> like it, man. I, you know, but the whole idea. But the thing about podcasting in Blazia, how do you how do you find it, man? It's like the acceptance level. 
Um, now I know there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of people doing it, and it seems to be gaining traction on it. At least yeah, I mean, especially this years. year. Yeah, especially yeah. this year, it feels like it's been gaining a lot of traction because <clears throat> I would say definitely like not a lot of people in Malaysia even knew what a podcast was. And I think this year more no, simply because it, you know, we were look all looking for content, just something to take our mind off this weird hellish existence we've been brought into. Um, so people are like, oh, there's podcasts, there's live streams, there's this, there's that. And people are discovering new content. And yeah, um, I mean, it also helps that in America, podcasting has, you know, become mainstream. You know what I mean? It, um, it is a billion dollar industry, man. Oh, yeah. There are TV shows that have been greenlit by podcasts. Movies been greenlit by podcasts. You know, it's... it's um, it's definitely considered a legit form of content, and over here it's still starting up. So, um, yeah. Like, but and, you know, it's it's starting up. It's obviously a lot more because I remember when we first started, and you know, I'd be like, five people listen today, man. Hey, hey. <laughs> I know that feeling. I truly know that feeling, man. I had that. And in it's my not first like it's gone up to like millions. It's nowadays more. Hey, thirty people listen today. Hey, yeah, it's a big deal. You know, that's the best part about podcasting. It's like, uh, you know me, right? It's from radio days to online radio. When you created something like that, the ratings mm. played an important role. That, And when, mm. when you say about ratings, you're talking about thousands of people and so on. But when it comes to podcast world, it's a little bit different. Like what he said earlier, we get about 100 like downloads or whatever. It's like, whoa, I made it yeah. today. Like, I'm at the top exactly. of the world right now. I'm the next Joe Rogan and all this kind of things going on. <laughs> You know, it, I, I'd like to ask you a question, actually. Like now, yeah. now I'm thinking about it. Going from uh, what do you call it, um, radio to podcasts. Oh wow, that's weird how phones do that. Um, <laughs> going from yeah, from radio to podcast. Do you find it a bit strange making the conversation more loose and not trying to keep it within a time limit? Actually. Uh... That actually changed for me uh, uh, from radio to online radio because when it came to online radio, no such thing as time limit. Uh, the last time we remember okay. when we spoke uh, yeah, yeah, uh, one of the thought. online radio station, we didn't have mm. actually time limit. So I kind of felt that uh, I was already halfway there. The mm. only difference is I don't have music involved in this in uh. podcast that I'm doing right now. But uh, it is kind of fun. I kind of enjoyed more on podcast, man. Like the freedom you right? have, you just blabber away, you just talk as much as you want, no time limit, say whatever you want, no There's not a producer tapping on the window, like you, yes. gotta, you gotta do exactly. that promo in like 30 seconds. Yeah, you gotta read this, <laughs> you gotta read that. It's like, you know, the freedom you have in podcasts is amazing. I'm truly enjoying it because I'm the kind of guy you just give me the mic and I'll talk for days. I got no problem with that, man. And the podcasting is one of the best things that ever happened to me. Wow, a, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to hear yeah, it. a nice thing. It's good that I got like, into you it. Know, Thanks to you guys. People don't realize, like, sometimes just listening to a conversation is fun. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Very much. Like, I, I first, first, I, I was a bit skeptical about podcasts. It's like, what would people talk about for one hour straight or maybe 45 minutes? No break, no song, no whatsoever. So, when the, the initial idea is like, when I first came into the, the, the podcast world doing my research, I was like listening and listening and listening. I was going episodes after episodes after episodes. I was like, damn. Like, this is better than radio, dude. Compared to what is going on in radio right now, it's like okay, I talk for two. I mean, thirty seconds, play a song with four hundred and fifty promos and five hundred ads in between. <laughs> then I come back again and talk about give you life advice. You know, did you just hate it in radios? Everybody seems to be your so-called father, your mother, giving you life advice on how you should live your life. <laughs> I, I am that? so glad I never saw you get to the point where you were doing public service. And not like PSA mini ads between your shows. I'm no, like, man. oh Never man, I can't it. imagine him doing a, hey, <laughs> you should go outside and stop playing those video games all the time. Fuck you, man. <laughs> you want to play, you play. I'm not your father. <laughs> Do it, man. <laughs> that would have been me. That would have been so me. Uh, no oh, way, man. No. When, those, you know, when you they do. started doing the PSAs on radios, at a certain point, I was like, are they going to tell me how to brush my teeth next? Because that's yeah. the most obvious shit. Exactly. Like, look up whilst using your phone when you're crossing the street. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just getting bloody annoyed, man. I seriously, I just felt like my 
that my late father was actually appearing on radio telling me this, telling me that. Eat properly, <laughs> stand properly, walk properly, talk properly, sleep properly. It's like, oh, gosh. It's like my father all over again, man. Please, radios, if you're listening to this whole conversation, stop doing that. We know how to live our lives. Enough, man. We got parents, we got wives, we got girlfriends to tell us all that. We don't need radio jocks to do that for us. Oh, man, it's seriously. But seriously, uh, once again, dude, it is so much fun chatting with you. I kind of miss doing this, man. I just, it, oh, yeah. just, it takes every five years. You've got to do this more often, man. Seriously, you've got to start doing that. And let's, not, let's not wait for another seven years for your next exactly. movie or some shows or whatever, <laughs> man. You've got to stop doing that. Now that podcast, you can just drop in anytime you want, man. Just drop in anytime you want. And so what's next what? for you? Tell you yeah. what, like, uh, would you want to be on Geeks in Malaysia? I would love to, man. That would be a big honor for me. Okay, Huge let me run it through actually. with the guys. No Let me problem, run it through man. with the guys. It shouldn't be a problem at all. Let's have nice. you on there. Let's find out what it's like on your side. <laughs> hmm, that, that'll be the first time being uh, on the other side. Actually, first time. Second time, yeah. So, yeah, it usually happens, man. No one interviews you? Come on. Me? Who wants? They know. They know I talk too much. They say, shut up, Nav. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, stick to, we'll stick to the phone interviews. We'll do some write-ups about you, and that's about it. That's the furthest you get. <laughs> Nothing much. TV, no way, because I have a face for meant for radio only. So see, ah, that's uh, the thing. Like that's the other trend I saw these days with radio. I'm like, why has everyone got to look good and be on billboards for radio? This is ridiculous. Exactly. Why? Like, what is that why? about? Yeah. Like I was, um, I was shooting something. I won't say which radio station, but I was shooting something. It was a radio station where they live stream the show as well, right in the booth. Like they have a live video, and it's a morning slot. So the, and it's, I think it's two guys and a girl. So obviously the girl has to come in two hours in advance to get hair and makeup done, oh. you know, before going on at 5.30 in the morning. I'm like, that's not part of your job. Holy yeah. shit, you're there to talk. What is exactly. this? Yeah, the whole radio thing on TV is like, I, I don't get it, man. It's like when I first started, <laughs> this was way back when I first started, it was just about you, the microphone and the radio. That's about it. Nothing more than that. I've even yeah. came to a point in my life where people said that uh, some of the producers or the bosses came in and said, "Enough, hey, uh, your show is going to be on TV. We're going to stream it on TV or show it on one of the TV stations. Can you go and cut your hair?" Oh, it's like what? Oh. It's going to be there for about ten minutes, and I'm supposed to cut my hair that I grew all this while. <laughs> I said, "Thank you very much. Thank you, but no thanks, man." So it it, it happens. It's like I say, radio. I you stick to radio, man. I was going to say, like, you know, like that. I mean, that's the point of radio. You can wear whatever you want. But then I remembered one time we were going to come on your show and we weren't allowed in. Uh, that was Paul. Paul. <laughs> yes. Uh, Paul came in with the short pants. Short pants and a sleeveless t shirt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was, that so was like, definitely Paul. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, oh, you can't go to work in shorts, even in radio, huh? <laughs> Yeah, actually, that only works in that that particular station that I was working with, man. Yes, it's like, for I, understandable I reasons. <laughs> yeah. You know the race driver, Alex Young? Yeah, well, not personally, okay. but yeah. Okay, he once came in with shorts and sleepers. So oh. he had this particular segment that needed to go on in about, say, 20 minutes, and the guards didn't allow him in <laughs> because he was wearing shorts. So what happened was one of the other DJs had to go outside to the car park take off uh -huh. his pants and loan it to Alex Young and sit in the car with his underwear until the entire <laughs> radio show ended. Yes! <laughs> and uh, that, that particular DJ is now on one of those big TV stations right now, or the news stations. If only they knew the history of what happened in the car park, a DJ in his underwear, just waiting for the entire show to finish. That was amazing, man. Can you imagine your boss comes in and he like stops by, sees you in the car. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, don't look down. No, no, I just are you in your underwear? Because of Alex Young. <laughs> what did Alex Young do to you? No, the thing is, Alex actually agreed to wear somebody else's pants. That's the best part. <laughs> You know, that was the thing. That's the best part about radio that I miss, man. All those little details that works on... <laughs> ah man, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that took place. I remember even we used to have fun. Like uh, uh, we recorded the whole show, the show that you were on before when uh, during Y two K days, the rock show that he had. Yeah. What we we used to do was um, we used to record the whole talk set, the music, and all these things. 
We'll just line up the whole thing for about an hour, 45 minutes. We'll uh -huh. just play it. Me and my partner will just go out, smoke up a little bit, and listen to our own show. <laughs> <laughs> Drive around the parking lot. <laughs> hey, that sounds good. Yeah, I know. That's okay, not man. real good. Shit, that's a nice, that's a good stuff being on there. So those, those are the things that took place actually in Radio World that a lot of people wouldn't know. And uh, nowadays it's different. Nowadays it's too, uh, it's too stiff, man. I don't know. I just find it. Do you, th do you find it that way, listening to radios? I mean, that's the thing. I don't even listen to the radio anymore. I miss the radio, but I don't even listen to it anymore because, you know, like most of the stations were just filled up with ads. Yeah, or you know, then the or like they're all playing the same song. Yeah, you that's know? that's another issue that's been going on, man. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what exactly they're trying to do. Is like how long is this going to go on for? Because I know they've been picking up formats from other parts of the world, but uh, it's getting tiring, man. It's getting pretty tiring. Yeah, and that's why, like, because to me, like, there are certain occupations that to me I really, really respect for many reasons, and radio DJ was one of them. You know, because to me, like a radio DJ represents, um, number one, just the, the skill of doing the job, keeping shit in time, being able to talk and control your subject within a segment, you know, switching the songs, curating the songs. And also like you're supposed to be a tastemaker, you know what I mean? And so you would go to the stations or the DJ slots of people where you're like, okay, this person's uh, choices of music is usually spot on. So I'm going to check out what he listens to, what he or she listens to. Um, so when you switch five channels and you're still hearing Drake, like nothing against yeah. Drake, but it's like, Why? I know you're all getting paid to pay, play Drake, but could you play something else in between? Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? That's, um, that's the thing about formatted, uh, formatted radios. And uh, I feel sorry for s some of the DJs uh, these days. Because you have no choice but to follow that exact same format. You play what we, uh, whatever we tell you to. You say mm. whatever you te we tell you to. So it's... it's like, I was surprised. There was one time when I came on your show and I think you were moved to a morning slot or something. And I was surprised to see like you're not even picking out the songs anymore. And you were like, no, all seven have been slotted in already. So I just, okay, you want to go for a cigarette? I'm like, is, is this DJ now? <laughs> You just there like okay, I've got seven songs worth of break time before I gotta go back in there <laughs> and tell people what the next seven songs are. <laughs> that, that kind of ruined it, man. I mean, I, that's that was one of the reasons why I actually gave up uh, radio back then. I just couldn't take it yeah, anymore. Yeah. It was no more Cause, fun, man. Because it wasn't just like the radio shows I listened to, but like Good Morning Vietnam was a huge favorite movie of mine when I was a young teenager because I loved Robin Williams. And, you know, just watching that, like, holy shit, like, you are in control. Like, yep. that booth was his, you know. His musical choices were going out there. He was, you know, and people were listening because they wanted to know what he was going to play and what he was going to say. Like, to me, that's amazing. So, like, it totally makes sense for me that you move over to the podcast. Uh, what do you call it? Whatever you want to call it. Ecosphere or whatever the fuck, you know. Because, like, again, it's like format radio the dj is almost an afterthought these days which i feel sad about yeah. you know because it's not like they have a lot of room it. to say stuff yeah know? and and everybody expects those those guys uh radio jocks or djs whatever you call it uh to be funny every segment they have to be funny it's supposed yeah. to be hilarious there's no more that that personal identity everybody sounds the same that's that's the sad part of it yeah, and uh, the whole idea of like Good Morning Vietnam—that's how it was when I started off. It's like you had the freedom, even for some one particular station, or rather the place that I used to work with. I think the DJs still have the uh, freedom of selecting your songs. You have the freedom to do that. It's just that you have to select it from the, these, this particular oh. genre or this particular selections of theirs, so you can pick it in whatever way you want. So I think I, I think it still works that way for them, okay. but it's not the same. Like, it's no fun anymore. Like. Like I was actually really thinking about doing a podcast, uh, radio, like music show. Um, and then, but the thing is like nowadays with algorithms searching everything, I can't seem to find a good legal answer as to how to go about doing it. But I heard Spotify is changing that. Uh, now you can just start including your songs into your whole uh, uh, podcast thing. Eh? No, but I mean like, let's say if you wanted to do a podcast, let's say, and okay, in this hour, 
we're going to be playing tracks from this era of blues music. You know what I mean? Like the songs that have a copyright ID, right? So how does it work now? You know, I, I, I'm not quite sure because I haven't been able to find real answers. Yeah, because what I've read recently about uh, Spotify allowing people to uh, actually pick the songs, whatever you want, mm -hmm. whichever mm -hmm. you want, which has their so-called copyright and all, from their playlist, whatever's available on Spotify, you can just take it and put it into your uh, your podcast. It allows and you to do that. But, yeah, they, that. but you have to host the podcast on Spotify? Uh, I think so. I think so. It's only for Spotify. I don't know about the rest of the rest of the platforms yet. Hmm. Because I know Anchor okay. hosts, uh, Anchor, it, because Spotify owns Anchor, right? So I think Anchor allows you oh. to do that. But over in here in Malaysia, I'm not too sure yet. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but I think... Oh, I yeah, think you see, it's kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah. Same like our censorship board. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Dude, I think you're going to wrap things up. Uh, well, I have to say, oh, yeah. this has been one of the uh, fun interviews I've had for 2020. And, uh, hey, well, thanks, man. Just, I think I'll just wrap up the season there with this particular interview. I don't know yet. Still another few more weeks to go. But uh, once again, please, for those who's listening in right now, please check out the movie Kickflip. Awesome, awesome, fantastic movie. It's available on Mubi.com. That's M-U-B-I.com. Go there. It's only about five bucks to subscribe for seven days. And uh, if you want to have the monthly subscription, it's only about 10 ringgit or so. So go ahead, check out. You have to check it out. Share it with as many people as possible. I'll try to put the link in uh, the comment section over here. So whoever wants it can just click on it and watch it for them. What's, it, what's up for you next? Dude? Something just yeah. Happened. Sorry, I don't Something know. Wi-Fi just, just went down for like two minutes, and then now it's back up again. Yeah. <laughs> I was just babbling all by myself for a second ago, but... Uh, <laughs> before, <laughs> uh, before that, I just want to check uh, with you. What's up next for you, man? After uh, not sure yet, to be honest. I just know that um, what do you call it? Like now that you know the world has pretty much ostensibly changed, um, it's also like you know you try and look at the brighter side of things, and on the brighter side, like there's it's a whole new paradigm. You know of how movies released how movies made how entertainment is made in general so i think next year gonna explore some of that shit. like i don't know whether it's gonna be more on youtube or on other streaming services but yeah let's see what kind of stuff can pop out and hopefully hopefully maybe some music um nice. but in the meantime uh yes kickflip will be available on movie exclusively um and probably by around february we're gonna open it up on other platforms and hopefully we'll find an international platform as well so that people outside of malaysia can watch it because right now it's geo-blocked to malaysia only oh okay yeah. okay okay uh, i was just about to share with my friends there abroad i was just talking about yeah. this, but uh, thank god you mentioned about this or else what a bit of waste of my money man yeah <laughs> Buying oh, yeah, that wait, wait till february uh and hopefully i'll be able to find some international places to put it on Excellent. Uh, I'm just yeah. curious, before I forget, uh, you remember a couple of years back you did this so-called short film uh, called Masked? The Vigilante ah, yeah. thingy? Yeah, yeah. Any plans of doing a series kind of thingy? Because I, I seriously, when the first time I watched it, that was the era of every director was going into uh, the Adobe After Effect, but you came up with this particular set of, uh, <laughs> I mean, so-called Vigilante series, uh, sorry, Vigilante short film. Any plans of doing a series out of it? I had some ideas like at the that. time. I had some some ideas at the time, but it kind of fizzled out. Um, and then another filmmaker friend of mine in Brunei um, kind of ran with the idea uh, and put his own spin on it. Um, I can't remember what the official title of the movie was off the top of my head now, though, because the original title was banned. Um, what was it called? I think it might be called Prima Jaya. I can't remember. But yeah, it was basically using the same mask, but and the premise and checking some, exploring it in a different direction. But yeah, like for me, I don't know. Um, that thing was a cool idea at the time and I had some ideas on how to make little mini short films to carry on that series, but it kind of fizzled out. So sorry about that. Oh man, I hope I hope to see you doing that sometime in the near future, man. It was kind of nice. Well, before there was Daredevil, before there was so-called <laughs> or whatever, there was Mast. So I was actually hoping for that to be here, a continuation of the whole thing. 
there's a I'm few other forward. ideas that um, me and my wife and a few friends are brewing up for content. So hopefully next year, some other stuff that'll be coming out from this side. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Anyway, Kai, once again, a big, big, big thank you. And uh, congratulations for that amazing kickflip. It's an awesome thing uh, that thank happened for 2020, despite of all the nonsense <laughs> that was going on, COVID and all the air shutdown and lockdowns. Uh, I think one of the best things that happened was your movie. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. And I hope everybody checks it out. And don't forget, it's movie.com, available right now. And uh, look forward for it for the friends abroad. February, right? Hopefully, should February. be around February, hopefully. Yeah, Fingers crossed, hopefully. knock on wood. And uh, don't forget to follow Kai on his social media pages. Just look for Kai Baha and... Uh, no, 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 just... Kaimano, um, sorry. What my username is over there? Oops, whoops. Yeah, Kaimano. Yeah. Kai Baha is a different dude altogether, right? I'm just basically going with Kaimano now for everything because I'm like, okay, no one else is called that yet. Yeah, I know. Except man. for I making... one Italian house song, but that's okay. <laughs> now, even when I was making that poster, I was like, okay, what do I put this guy? Can I call him Kai? No, Kai doesn't work. Kai Baha, Kai and Baha, the dude has so many names. It's just like, okay, fuck it, let's do this and let's see what happens yeah. after that, man. So, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, best of luck in your podcast. Once again, uh, looking forward to check that out for the uh, podcast lovers out there. Uh, check out Geeks in Malaysia. It's available on Spotify and all the uh, major podcast platforms. Check it out over there and follow them on their Instagram page too, Geeks in Malaysia. Kai, thank you so much, man. Thank you for Appreciate having it. me, man. Absolutely. Let's pleasure. catch up for a drink soon. Yes, Real sir. soon. No, <laughs> no more seven years, no more five years, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks a lot, dude. Take care. Take care, man.